What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. If it's your first time and you're wondering what Morning Breath is, it's a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come the next day, and read it on air with you guys. If you didn't know this, we do this Monday through Friday with a new chapter every single day. You can find those chapters and our chapter list and everything that you need to know about Morning Breath on our app. Just download it, the East Coast app, or on our website at eccc.us. Today's episode is a little bit different. We're going to be pulling from one of our old previously aired episode. It's got gold in it. I'm super excited. Let's jump right into it. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. All right. Well, we're going to go to Matthew chapter six. Seven. Seven. Matthew chapter seven. Well, I was looking at seven. For some reason I said six. I don't know why. That's okay. Um, Matthew chapter seven, and I will read first. I will read through 16. Start at 17. I must say to you, read. I shall. (laughs) Do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority as though assuming the office of a judge so that you will not be judged unfairly. For just as you hypocritically judge others when you're sinful and unrepentant, so will you be judged. And in accordance with your standard of measure used to pass out judgment, judgment will be measured to you. Why do you look at the insignificant speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice and acknowledge the egregious log that is in your own eye? Good words, egregious. Or how can you say to your brother, let me get the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, play actor, pretender. First, get the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give that which is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before pigs, for they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces." Ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will instead give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will instead give him a snake? If you then, evil, sinful by nature, as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him? So then in everything, treat others the same way you want them to treat you, for this is the essence of the law and the writings of the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss, and there are many who enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life, and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets, teachers who come to you dressed as sheep, appearing gentle and innocent, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them, that is, by their contrived doctrine and self-focus. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No, they don't. All right, (laughs) verse 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven." Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall 
for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Amen. Amen. When you were saying that one part, it reminded me of that song that we did in Sunday school when we were kids. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Do you remember that song? No. And Please the flood. <laughs> no, I'm good. Please remind me. <laughs> That's how when you join me. Okay, never mind. Want to talk about that? Building your house on the rock? If you like. That's a great it. one. Take a run at it. Yes. Let's see what happens. So that was back in verse 24 mm-hmm. and 25. So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, practical, insensible man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods and torrents came and the winds blew and slammed against the house, yet it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And that's just talking about us and how we build our lives and our, our foundation on the rock and the rock being Jesus. And the rains will come. We've had some hurricanes. The The floods will come. They will slam against the house. COVID, I think, has slammed against all of us this year. And But we're still standing, right? Yeah. And we are still victorious because our house is built on the rock. And never have I been so happy to have my foundation on Jesus. And I do believe that people have been very shaken this year. And the good thing about that is if their foundation is not on the rock, they will realize that everything that they've looked to before for security, whether it be their job or money or or anything, um, it has been shaken. And so my hope and what we're seeing too is people actually turning to find out where is our peace coming from? Like, where is our hope coming from? How have we um, not been shaken down to a point of just despair? Well, it's because our foundation's on the rock. So it really has been an amazing time for um, people to see the church and for us to be the church, for people to actually be the church and uh, share the hope of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I think about what, uh, what you're saying in terms of it's making people think about mm-hmm. what are they actually building their hope on? What yeah. are they building their trust in? And if you're trying to build it on uh, government information, you found out that uh, the, the mayors and the governors and the presidents and the senators and the republic, you know, the Democrats, the Republicans, the House, they're, they all don't agree with each other. And it's like you hear one message from this side, one message from that side. And so if you're trying to build your peace upon government and the CDC and, you know, the WHO and all these people, you're going to be really confused because yeah. there's so many conflicting ideas. There's so many conflicting uh, thoughts and, and who's who and what's what. Um, and honestly, you see the hypocrisy like all around us. Yeah. Uh, you see rules being made like, hey, you know, I, I think I look back at some of the stuff during Thanksgiving that's that was suggested uh hey you know you're not supposed to have more than 10 people in your home and like okay that's good no groups over 10 in my house okay i think i could do that and then you get on a plane to go fly somewhere and there's 300 people on a plane or then after thanksgiving there's 2500 people slammed into a single walmart <laughs> and uh you know universal studios is open and yeah. and disney is open and you know or i even think like when you go back to the beginning where it's like uh covid lives on surfaces uh, all services, metal, everything, except when we find out that that starts hurting Amazon.com and and all the mail and all the stuff people are getting. We're like, 
actually, we don't think it lives on cardboard. You know, it's just like, what? Like, and so it's conflicting and, and it's frustrating. And the reason why, it's not surprising because it is the knowledge of man and it is a lot based on fear. Yep. It is not based on God's creation. It's not based on faith. It's not based on the holiness and righteousness of the Lord. And so there's going to be conflicting. And so here's what you need to do. Anytime you get information, you need to um, look at that through the lens of Jesus through the lens of God. And so if I get something that causes fear to rumble in my heart, you know, my life is in jeopardy or my livelihood is in jeopardy. I take that through the lens of no, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Like, okay, I'm not going to take that threat. I'm going to say God's going to sustain me or I'm not going to allow that thought rob me of my peace Mm -hmm. because God, he is the one that provides my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus not that job, not that stock, not that 401k. If you're being led by pure information and not funneling that information through the lens of scripture mm-hmm. and the knowledge of God, you're going to be building your house on the sand. Yeah. And that's that's this is what happens. The storms will come. It doesn't mm-hmm. say they might show up. Yeah. It says when the wind and the rains and some translations say torrential mm-hmm. rain shows up, you will be washed away. Yeah. I don't like that part, but it's true. Yeah, thanks <laughs> a lot. It is true. I will say too, like you can ebb and flow in this th- kind of thinking. That's why the word says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. I have absolutely uh, tried to set my foundation on some sand during these past few months, you know, but quickly you realize you start feeling tossed to and fro and you don't have peace or you have confusion. God is not the author of confusion. So where there's confusion, you automatically know that I'm being led by something else that's not the word of God. So we're not perfect. Yeah. We definitely are, you know, this is reading our mail as well. Do you have anywhere else you want to go or you want me to take it? I can go other places. It's up to you. Okay, I'll go somewhere. So verse 13, that's like when you ask me, where do you want to eat? And I'm like, I don't know. And then you're like, how about Burger King? I'm how like, about no, anywhere but there. That's what that was like. Okay, so verse 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad and easy to travel is the path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss. And then there are many who enter it, through it. But small is the gate and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life. And there are few who find it. So I have this Joyce Meyer Bible, which I've talked about all the time. It's a wonderful Bible. If you're looking for a Bible for Christmas, the Everyday Life Bible, Amplified Translation, it's awesome. And she has a life point in here regarding these two verses. And she's talking about these two different paths, the broad way that leads to destruction, the narrow way that le- leads to life. And this is Joyce, Joyce Meyer talking. She says, as I meditated on this passage, the Lord quickened it to me by saying, Joyce, on the broad way, there's room for all kinds of fleshly things like bitterness unforgiveness, resentment, and vindictiveness. But on the narrow way, there is only room for the spirit. And I loved that picture. The Broadway has room for all this negativity and all this stuff that we are so easily entrapped in. But when you're on that narrow path and you're choosing to, like Matt said, choosing to filter everything through the word of God, there's only room for the spirit in that narrow way. Don't you love that? Yeah, I love it. And then she goes on to say, emotions, emotions, tempt us to take the easy way and to do what feels good for the moment. But wisdom moves us to take the way that seems hard at first, but later on we find that it leads to life. That's good. That is so true. Our emotions are most often wrong right out the gate. The thing that you want to react with is typically not the thing that you want 
to really do like in the long term. Like you'll, it'll feel maybe good for like half a second while it's coming out of your mouth, but the instant it's out, it's like that. I wish I wouldn't have said that, or now I have to retract and now I have to go down this road of apology and humility and all these things versus that narrow path where there's only room for the spirit. Wisdom will lead you in that way. And I just think that is like the coolest visual. Yeah. I see it almost like a funnel. Yeah. Like as you're going uh, down the funnel out the bottom, you have to begin to say like, what can't go with me? What yeah. can't leave with me? And when you start saying, I can't take bitterness with me, I can't take, uh, let's say like doomsday thinking, like everything's going to, it's not going to work and all that stuff. Hopeless thinking, you can't take that with you. I think that's really cool. The other thing I like to think about emotions is this, is emotions are not directional signs, okay? They don't point you in the direction. They don't lead you in your path, but they are more like traffic signals. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when we're feeling angry, it's like, okay, hey, I'm getting a red light. I need to go ahead and stop and not move forward, not be led by this emotion, not be directed by this emotion, but I need to stop. I need to pause. I need to yield, you know? And so it's not like emotions don't matter. It, it means we can't be led purely by our emotions and we need to be led by wisdom because there are great emotions in life and there are great ways to be, be led through your emotions, but they have to be tempered with wisdom. Yeah, and I and think it's important to remember that emotion, just because we feel something, that doesn't mean it's truth. Correct. I think people often, especially, and I'm I'm a woman, so I'm allowed to say this. I think especially women take their emotions and they took and they take that as the gospel truth. Well, I feel this way, and I'm entitled to feel this way. Well, great, but keep it to yourself and actually funnel that through the Word of God and get the truth out of that. Yeah, it's easy to prove that how you feel isn't truth. You know, when you look at certain people that say. You know, there's a disorder called anorexia, and we've we don't talk about this as much as we used to. Like when I was growing up, this was a big deal, anorexia. It doesn't seem to be as big of a deal today. There are others, other issues that are affecting our culture uh, more now than ever. But um, anorexia, someone would say, I feel overweight when they are not overweight mm -hmm. at all. In fact, they're underweight. Yep. Um, you know, suicide is something that plagues our culture today a lot more now than it did when I was a child. In fact, I just read recently that in Japan, more people died of suicide in October than all and than all the deaths in Japan for the entire year. Okay, so October's suicide deaths outnumbered all of the COVID deaths in Japan. Um, just so suicide would make you feel worthless, would make you feel like life is not worth living. That is not true. That feeling, that feeling is not true. That feeling cannot lead you. Uh, a feeling of worthlessness is the opposite of the truth. The truth is, first of all, everyone is worth something. Yeah. Everyone is worth uh, really the image of God, the Imago Dei. That is on every human. Every human was created in the image of God and you are created in his likeness. And whether you know Jesus or not, you were created in God's image. And that's why we place value on all of humanity. Every single person has value. And suicide is not a route that anyone should ever take. And yeah. so this is just two, two extreme examples of emotions shouldn't lead you. Mm -hmm. But let's bring it down. Like when I'm driving and I get really upset because someone's on their cell phone in the car in front of me. And they're not paying attention and they don't go when it when it says green, like green means go, right? And I'm like, 
and I honk and I'm like, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, like that emotion of me getting angry, I shouldn't be led by that. That why am I getting mad at that person? I'm not getting because you know what? Chances are the Give, just give it a day and I'll be the guy getting honked at the next day, right? It's like <laughs> I'm the guy that picks up my phone and I'm like, well, why are you honking at me, okay? Show me some grace here, all right? I was trying to get some work done at the light. You know, that's that's how when we're being led by our emotions, we get caught up in all sorts of actions that we end up regretting. Yeah. But when we our emotions are filled with the wisdom of God, that's a good thing. You know, yeah. being led by those kind of emotions are powerful and wonderful. And, you know, it's it's awesome to have joy. And you know what? It's great to be angry at the right things and yep. at unrighteous behavior and sinful behavior. Be angry and like, I will not allow this in my home. I will not allow this in my community. Like, that's a good thing. Yeah, there's righteous anger. And I think we just- At need injustice. To, we need to have sanctified emotions. Yeah, right? I've got something I'll bring up. Okay. Um, I was thinking- when you were reading in verse, uh, let's see, five and four, where it talks about like the plank and my eye, the speck in your eye. And I'm like, hey, uh, you got a speck in your eye. Like, I don't like that about you. Let me let me take that out. And it says, hey, hypocrite. I was like, wow, that's kind of stingy. <laughs> First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I just think that like if we could apply this to our lives, we would see a lot more peace in our world. Like whenever you're going to disagree with somebody on social media, um, whenever you're going to honk your horn at the car in front of you, like whenever you're going to do something to somebody, especially when you can't see their face right in front of you, when you're not speaking to them, when they, you know, that's, that's a lot of times when we just take this rule and we throw it right out. We say, forget that rule. I'm going to look for all the specks in everybody else's eyes and I'm going to go ahead and fix them and I'm not going to be concerned with the plank in my own eye. I'm not going to be concerned with my own problems. And I want to rem- I want to say that again so that you understand this very clearly. We do so many things when we can't see that person's face. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons why people get road rage is because I can't see the person's face. Mm. One of the reasons why we have warriors behind keyboards is because they can't see the other person's face they don't know what's going on warriors behind keyboards oh so like people responding on social media because they're behind a keyboard and a screen because you're not actually can't see them yeah okay like they're warriors behind a keyboard but in real life they're like you know uh, they couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag right (laughs) because they don't have to deal with the consequences of their words when that person's face goes what did you say? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> say that to my face. You yeah. know, like, that's the thing people say. When you say something, you shouldn't say, oh, come over here and say that to my face. Uh, Never mind. Yeah. You know, like, that's why we get all crazy a lot that's of times because we completely devalue that other person. But if we were to go, wait a minute, who is this person? Yeah. What's their story? You know, what's their day been like? What are they going through? Yeah. Who are they? Why am I being, why am I so ready to just, eviscerate them with my words right now. Yeah. Like, why am I so ready to unleash all of my stress on that I have in my life on this one person for one post? Yeah. I don't even know their story. I don't know what they believe. I don't know anything about them. And here I am judging one sentence of their life and I'm ready to roast them and I'm ready to tear them up. I think if we were to take this scripture and say, let me pull the plank out of my eye before I touch the speck in your eye, I think we'd get a lot further in our culture. Yep. Here's the thing. You need help getting a plank out of your eye. You need the grace of God. And when we realize we need God's grace, we're more apt to give that grace to other people. It's true. 
I think the other thing we need to recognize in all of that is that we can't change anyone but ourselves. So the only person we do have control over getting that plank speck, whatever it is, out of our eye is us. Like we cannot control as much as I've tried for 17 years, I cannot control him and he cannot control me. We have to take personal responsibility and extreme ownership over our own selves. And then that, once we deal with ourselves, then our um, motive behind wanting to get the plank out of someone else's eye will be completely different because it won't be this judgmental like attack thing. It'll be like, I want to help them get free, you know? Yeah. So that's really good. I also think sowing and reaping, we don't talk about enough or we don't think about enough, but when we are sowing this judgment against people, what do we expect to get back? Like when we're sowing out an attitude towards someone, like what are we expecting that's going to come back towards us? And I think that also Mm. goes into something else that I think that we really don't talk about enough, which is fear of the Lord. And that came up for me when I was reading this chapter that there is just this huge lack of fear of the Lord. And I wanted to break that down because I remember years and years ago when I was a kid, I remember um, Oprah was on like at four o'clock and it was back when TV was just on TV and you actually had to watch the things when the things were on. Like there was no, unless you put it like VCR and a VHS thing in your VCR and recorded it, but who thought ahead that much? But so Oprah was on and she was, she said something, she was interviewing someone and she's talking about, you know, I really used to be really involved with the church and until um, I read that verse about fear of the Lord. And I was like, God, why would I be afraid of God? Like he must not be very loving or something. And it was just a total like wrecking of the actual meaning of the word and the verse. And it was taken out of context. And it was just, and I remember hearing that. And I, as a kid knew she was wrong, but I didn't really understand why. And I've thought about that moment so many times over the years. And fear of the Lord is just reverence. It's awe. It's keep, it's putting God in his proper place. It's thinking that, oh, sowing and reaping is a thing. Like, and God will hold me accountable. So I should love him enough and revere him enough. And even if I can't really get to the place of loving this person in front of me because they're driving me nuts, I'll love God enough. And I will fear him enough to make the right choice in this situation. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's a great way uh, to end the program and just thinking about putting God first and revering him first and not revering other people more than the Lord. Good try on the time here, by the way. All right. Thanks for listening to Morning Breath. Uh, God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. See you next time. You are listening to the Morning Breath podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. 
Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living and Memory Care Community, located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.